0: Welcome back, D2 Nation. It's another episode of your favorite podcast, the D2 Nation podcast, and it's a big week. We just got our way to the D2 Men's and Women's Elite Eight. There are just 16 teams remaining in D2 college basketball. I'm your co-host, Wayne Cavadi here to talk a little bit about the D2 Elite Eight, and joining me as always is my partner in crime, Bethany Bowman. Welcome back, Bethany.
1: Thanks Wayne. And yeah, I know it's a busy week with women's and men's elite eights getting set this week. We didn't want to bother a guest joining us as you know, they've got a lot of excitement going on and now a lot of preparation to do for the elite eight. I know you wanted to maybe get a, a baseball guest to to come on, but I didn't think that was right. I was like, no, we got to stick this out. We got to stick out the the basketball until it is baseball season. Sorry, you'll have to wait a little longer, but uh, yeah, no, I'm just really excited. I think, um, A quick breakdown for everybody of the elite eight brackets would be awesome, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. So if you want to jump right in with the women's bracket, you think we should start there?
0: Yeah, let's look at the women's bracket because it's definitely an interesting one, right? So obviously, I did um, two bracket predictions on NCAA.com, and when I looked at them, um, I did the, the thing about D2 basketball is that you have to look at history because the history doesn't lie, right? And in the past, as I pointed out, seven seeds are very successful in the D2 women's basketball tournament. And sure enough, we have three seven seeds that are going to be playing in the D2 Elite Eight. We also know that number one seeds are very uh, successful. And sure enough, we have three of those as well, right? And and one of those number one seeds is is UNG, North Georgia, and they got the number one seed in... um, it's not a surprise that they're there. They were one of the teams I picked. I got four of my eight teams right on my, on my bracket prediction. So it's not a surprise they're there, but I'm a little surprised that the, the Nighthawks are number one, not, a, not a slight to them, but uh, I thought it was going to be Grand Valley state after uh, who Grand Valley state went through to get here uh, more on them in a second. But, you know, like I said, it, it's not a slight to the Nighthawks. They're a very, very good team. They've won 11 in a row. They've had to beat nationally ranked teams to get here uh, they're led by two of the best players in D2 women's basketball and Julianne Sutton and Carolyn Martin. Um, so them being a number one seed, if they weren't the number one, I thought they would be number two. So it's not like I'm like, oh, crazy, crazy. But um, it's definitely been an impressive run for them. But that leads us to to Grand Valley State. Like I said, um, they're back in the Elite Eight for the first time since 2016. They come out. You remember we had uh, Coach Amy Egan from Drury on. They come out of that ridiculous Midwest region that she was talking about. And they're proving you don't want to, when you're, you know, when you're journalists, like we are, you hate the cliche, right? You don't want to use the cliche, but they are proving defense wins championships, right? They have the best defense in D2 wins basketball. They held Wayne state in, in the regional. They held Wayne state, the 46 points Drury to 69 and Walsh to 61. This is playoff basketball. And that defense is holding these teams to low, low scoring points. Um, and the latter two teams that I mentioned, Drury and Walsh, they're they're top 20 teams, right? And they're holding them to to season lows. Uh, this team is really good and it's going to be interesting to run. And then, you know, we'll call them the big three because we also had coach Kim Stevens on earlier this year. And and that brings us to Glenville state, you know, and they didn't finish undefeated. We joked with her that, that they had the undefeated. They did lose that one game, um, during the season, but they, they avenged that loss to Charleston this past week. Um, beating them by 31 points in, in the regional final and making it to the to the elite Eight. Uh, first time since 2007 when you think about all those offenses we talked about for that the pioneers you forget that it's the first time since 2007 so I'll take a little break and see what, what do you think about those big three teams that are sitting at the top of the uh, at the women's bracket.
1: Yeah, well, I think I guess what sticks out to me most about the entire field of eight, it's like I don't really see any weak link. Um, And I know you're at the elite eight, and it's like everybody's good. But you know, normally I feel like there's at least one first round matchup where you're kind of like, okay, like um, I I feel like I would bet my life on this one. These eight are really really solid. So that's I think just the biggest thing overall about this bracket. Um, I'm obviously gonna. Throw in my two cents about the MIAA team in there, Missouri Western. Uh, they are the seven seed They're the seven seed in the elite eight. So you mentioned the success of, of seven seeds getting there, but they might be the magic team, I guess, now in this field of eight. A funny story about them, you know, they had to beat Hayes to get here. And Hayes was up by 21 in that regional championship game. Hayes has been fun, phenomenal all year. Uh, Missouri Western, they haven't been very good, in the past, uh, you know, decade, and this year, so to get to the Elite elite Eight, it's definitely a historic year for them. I don't think a lot of people even around here knew that, and it was kind of like, wait, what? They're good? Like, it kind of came out of nowhere, and um, their coach has done a great job. Um, Candy's awesome. She has really taken that program to new heights, but, uh, you know, I had someone the other day, like I said, they, they texted me, and they were like, wait, Missouri Western's good, and I was like, yeah, and look at this. I'm like, Hayes is beating them by 20, and I said it was right during like during the point where Hayes was had their largest lead, and I was like, look at this, like yeah, Western is really good, and and this is what's so crazy about the fact that Hayes is up on them so big, and they just <clears throat> fought back. Missouri Western never let go. They have Jalen Haggard, a former Northwest Missouri State Bearcat that transferred for her last year to Missouri Western. That's her hometown, so shouldn't go far to play for the Bearcats, uh, Maryville, and. St. Joe being about 30 minutes apart not even probably like 20 and she comes back for her senior year she's been a huge spark for them Uh, I just think that like again um, besides Missouri Western and besides me always throwing in my MIAA um, call it expertise or bias whatever you want to call it this is just a really loaded field.
0: And you know they stopped Southwest Oklahoma State. They scored what was it, 111 points. Like they are playing really, really good basketball right now. And the way they came back, and, and what they they were a six win team last year, right? It's like you said. And and granted, they did not have to replace a ton. I think maybe their whole starting five last year, which was why they were right. six win. But I mean, to do that in just one year that it's like you said it's crazy and and you know you you want to keep talking a little bit about about the the depth of the field we have west texas a&m at the sixth seed in the elite eight and they were the one seed in in there or part of the bracket right like how crazy is that um and then you have valdassa state another one of our our seven seeds here um and just think about the teams that they had to beat to get here top 15 tampa they took down Lee, who was in and out of the top 25 all season. And then they took down the number one team in the country. Uh, that was, I believe it was 23 games in a row. They uh, w- A 23-game winning streak. And they beat them. And they're the four seed in this field, right? Like, we're talking, <laughs> this is deep. Um, that Vald- Valdosta State-Western-Washington game, that 4-5 game, right, to, to start things off, um, you know, you have a Valdosta State team that wasn't here. Brace yourself, Bethany. Valdosta State's last appearance was 1984 okay print I wrote this down so I knew Prince's number one was number one on the billboard charts with with, when the doves cried Beverly Hills Cop was the number one movie and Dynasty was the number one tv show do you know what those things are because you weren't born yet
1: (laughs) um oh I definitely know Prince but um Dynasty not too sure what was that second thing you said
0: Beverly Hills Cop was the top movie heard
1: of it not real familiar with it it's a good one that was 1990 what year
0: 1984
1: 1984 yeah no I was that was 10 years before my time so <laughs> and I think I think for Western uh 85 to 85 it was either 85 or 95
0: Missouri Western um, yeah
1: last time yeah I tweeted it out yesterday but just can't quite remember if it was the eight or the nine but yeah no I, I mean it's been 20 25 plus years for sure um for those two teams so that's crazy we're seeing a lot of um you know, a rise, a lot of emergence here for some of these teams, which is cool to see. Cause it's not, it's not too fun to have the same teams every year, but um, I mean, there's some, there's obviously the ones that kind of stick around, but th- there's been some new people, some new teams in, which has been fun.
0: And that's, that's kind of the, the COVID effect, right? And we've talked about it a lot when you have all this experience, that's been hanging around because of the extra years of eligibility and it's leveled the playing field. It's, it's, um coast to coast you have a lot more solid teams It's saying it's not and for a long time you know I don't want to say a long time but it was the same teams over and over and over and over again you could pencil in at least the 16 contenders you knew that were going to be playing in kind of in those that the um third round to get to the elite eight and it wasn't like that this year you know and again I bring up western Washington the number five seed they're, they're a familiar face they've been here a few times in recent years you know and that, like I said, that Valdosta State they're both stingy on defense. That game's going to be crazy to start things off. Um, it could be like a 41 to 40 game, the way those two teams play defense. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's crazy. And you know, and we didn't even mention pace. Here's another team that, that that's not, you know, it, it, it's been a decade since they've been in the tournament, you know, so they're they're not. And th- they were in my article that I was telling you when I talk about the seven seeds. They were kind of, you know, I said, pencil them in because they're from that East region and there's never any continuity in that East region. There's always a wild card that comes out of there. And I said, pace is going to be it. And sure enough, you know, here's pace and, and they got to take on the number one seed. They worked so hard to get here and they beat some really good teams to get here. And and now they got to go against number one, North Georgia. And um, I still think even though they're going against such a tournament tested team in in North Georgia, that's always on the cusp of the Elite Eight, if they're not here, I still think it's gonna be a crazy ball game, right? It's just that's the way it is right now. Um but it but it, I mean and it's like you said that's what makes it fun. So let me ask you something.
1: Okay.
0: Who are the semifinal teams?
1: Oh like I said it's it's tough. So I, I hate when you do this. I honestly hate <laughs> uh we did this with football with um the two guys the the NCAA guys and None of us were even close, Not even close. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, okay. I'll go ahead. I'm looking at the bracket right now. Um, I'm going to go Valdosta over Western wash. I'm going to go Glenville over West Texas A&M. I'll go North Georgia. I'll pick the one seed. Um, Hmm, the one that's getting me is the Grand Valley State and the Western. You know who I want to pick. You I know. know who I pick. Um, but I have a ton of respect for Grand Valley State, too. Um, not only in women's basketball, but just everything. Like, I feel like they I have really. such a good culture of, yeah. like, you know, because a lot of times sports feed off of each other. And it's, yeah. I, so that's, that's a tough one to pick against. Um, <laughs> I'll go... I'll go Grand Valley State just because, just like I said, I do respect them. I, I don't much as I wanna I wanna just pick MIWA teams, you know, it's not it's, I know it's not everybody. Um and just in the MIAA, it's good. So we'll we'll go Grand Valley State. So there's my four Grand Valley State. North Georgia, Valdosta, and Glendale. So I'm really not picking any upsets, which I, I kind of feel bad about. But that's. What but
0: I doing. I agree with you on all but one. Uh, I think UNG advances. I think Grand Valley State advances. I think Glenville State advances. But I do think Western Washington um, is the team that wins that game against Valdosta State. And like I said, I think it's going to be a tough battle. I don't, th- I, and I think it's going to be a close one. Um, but you know, th- this time of year, that's going to. If it cuts down to a, a Grand Valley State and Glenville State matchup, right? If we see that at any point over the next two rounds, um, it's going to be offense versus defense to the fullest. And, you know, the Grand Valley State's defense can definitely slow down Glenville State. There's no doubt in my mind. The question is, you know, as when we remember when we talked to Coach Stevens, they play both sides of the court. They are very good defensively. And people forget that when they see that they score hundred points a game. So the question isn't, can Grand Valley state stop Glenville state? Cause we know they can't. The question is, is can they keep up offensively? Even sl- <laughs> slowing down Glenville state means they're going to score 75 points. That's slowing them down. Right? So the question is, is can they keep up offensively? And um, I think, those, those final four teams, you and, you know, North Georgia, Grand Valley State, Glenville State, which we agree on, and whether it's Valdosta mm-hmm. State or Western Washington, they all match up um, so perfectly, no matter how you cut it, uh, between defense and offense-minded uh, that it's going to make for, for really, really good matchups. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to pick a champion?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, we have to. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, let's see. You know, I'll go with Grand Valley State. I'll go with Grand Valley State. I yeah. I think
0: I'm with you. I think really? I'm with you.
1: Okay.
0: This did the, like the way they play defense in that we, we talked about it, you know. And I, I already said that we talked about it with a coach in that region. Where it's not just me and you sitting here from an observer's standpoint. We talked with a coach in the heart of that region, talking about how difficult it was. And Grand Valley State came out of there and beat some of those teams that make it so tough. They didn't there weren't upsets that they had to beat the eight seed or the seven seed, right. They beat, they went head to head, toe to toe with the heavyweights. And they came out, they are one of the heavyweights. I'm not, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And they came out ahead and I, and you know, and I, I, I'll say it again, defense wins championships. And right now they got the momentum. They got that defense. And I think I agree with you on that pick. I think Grand Valley state looks really good. good. Well,
1: we didn't talk about this at all prior. So that makes me feel good. If i you know, I said it first and then you agreed cuz you are the uh, <laughs> the dean of D2. So, awesome, great recap of the women's lead eight, but now let's move on to the men. Um really exciting matchups here too. I'm super excited about this tournament. What do you what do you think? I mean, just overall initial thoughts for you Wayne.
0: So, let's go back to my again, with the bracket prediction article that I did. Mm-hmm. Um throw my predictions out the window because they were they weren't good they were i think i got four again <laughs> i mean i don't think that's good um but again when i look at the making these predictions i look at the history
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: history says for the past, since they went to the elite eight format in 60 bracket which is well over 10 years there's an average of four number one seeds in the elite eight guess how many number one seeds we have in the elite eight four Right. So when I say these things that history, the the unfortunate part for me uh, as the expert is I picked the wrong four one seeds to to advance. But I was right that four number one seeds were going to advance. And when you that's when you're picking these brackets, you know, when when you look at these bracketologists for D one and March Madness on the on the upper level, there's all these stats and everything. But you have to pay attention to history when it comes to D two because it does repeat itself. And we have the four number one seeds. And the other thing I said is uh, in that article is if you're a Cinderella, if you're a Cinderella fan, D two men's basketball isn't for you, right? Five, six, seven, and eight seeds, they don't go, they don't make it to the Elite Eight. And again, I'm not insulting them. They just don't get there. What do we have this year? We have four number ones and four number threes making up the D2 Elite Eight. It is your top teams that get here, you know, and that doesn't mean the top teams in the regions don't change your, year year. you know, for example, we have a Black Hills State this year who is, is having a record-setting season for program, record-setting season for themselves, but they were still the number three seed in their region, right? So those teams change up a little bit, but when it comes down to the d two elite eight, we have powerhouse teams there. That's what we have um, and you know we we had two of the stars from the powerhouse that's in the d two elite eight right now and we had Nick Smith and Silla. and we didn't have RJ Sunahara, but he's just as much a superstar. and and, and same with Eddie and, and Nova southeastern is thirty one and O and you have to think that that puts them as the favorite. But you look at this field and again, just like you said, for the women's, it is stacked and we'll turn to you before we get into any other team. Northwest Missouri State is the five seed. So what do you think about seeing the Bearcats as a again, you know, we joked about it last week with coach and Diego on the show. Five losses in Maryville makes it seem like it was a a failure of a season for these guys. Now they're a five seed in the D2 elite eight. I can only imagine what the fans in Maryville are thinking that, Oh my God, I can't believe it's a five seed. But I mean, you look at the top four, it's stacked.
1: Don't even let me get going on this because (laughs) you're right. I mean, it's just crazy. A five, a Northwest Missouri state team, especially this one. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people thought that losing Ryan Hawkins would weaken them and, and can I sit here and say that it didn't know I mean they were, they were better with Hawk and because I mean look what Hawk's doing he's just that type of player not only is he a great player but he's one of those players that just makes whatever team he's on better and, and that's just the facts but I will say I've been so impressed with how this team has proven themselves as you know not just a team that's good with Brian Hawkins I mean they've got Trevor Hudgens probably if if not, if it's not Hawk, it's him that would go and make an impact anywhere at the D one level. But Diego, like, like you said, we had him last week. So good. Um, West dreamer. So good. Luke waters. I mean, he's like the role guy. He's a guy from Kansas. He's Kansas city area, but the Kansas side, he's from like an hour away from where I grew up. But I mean, he is good. Like Luke, I mean, all these guys, like these fourth, fifth guys, Isaiah, I mean, they're so solid. So to have them as a five seed, it's just kind of almost like unfair to me. I'm like, I don't want to be a four seed playing Northwest. And I honestly, as much as I think that you're right, Nova Southeastern deserves the the favorite or or the number one team or excuse me, number one seed. uh, I don't want to play Northwest Missouri State in the semis if I'm Nova. Like I just, I just don't. Um, So that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think Um, Northwest Missouri State is my favorite. Because not only do I think they're just really solid, like you said, history repeats itself. They've been there. They've won so many. I think that's going to be a huge advantage for them. Um, but yeah, I think that that semifinal matchup between potentially between Nova and Northwest is really kind of like the championship game. Saw that just this past weekend at some of my state championship games at the high school level here in Kansas, a team that played a lot of, uh, tough teams in the regular season and had some losses that earned them the four seed well they ended up in the semis playing the one seed four seed one and everybody said I mean that was like the championship game and it does kind of it's too bad um that it can't be um seeded perfectly to where we get the two best teams uh at the end but I think that could potentially be a similar situation and then the last thing I'll say is like These everybody listening is probably like, why this is not the DT podcast, this is the MIAA podcast. But bear with me, like you know that's that's the basketball that I've seen a ton of. So so I'm going to talk more about it. Um, Washburn went in as the seventh seed at the Central Region, beat minnesota duluth as a two seed we had coach wick on the season i thought minnesota duluth was really good um it wasn't a discredit to him but i just thought going into it that washburn was going to come out because i knew how tough the miwa was this year um you know washburn then had to play northwest in the uh
0: like they do because that's that's what happens and that's what happens in March is Washburn and Northwest. It's
1: it's always going to happen and um, (laughs) obviously Northwest comes out of that one but Washburn could very well be a team at the Elite Eight. Um, So that's my thoughts. I don't think that's any news to anybody but again just to recap Northwest is a five seed probably the scariest five seed you could ever have in any ever.
0: I mean you have the two-time defending champs if 2020 finished, you could be talking about the fact that you have the three-time defending champs. And here's the thing, you know, we've had both Trevor and Diego on this show and they are the two most humble kids you'll ever meet. They don't have, a, they they don't do the swagger. They they have that, they're they're cool, they're calm, they're collected. Granted, Diego throws down a dunk, there's a little fire there, but in general, in, you know, he is not a trash talker. He's they're they're good, humble kids, but if you are going to tell me in the back of their minds, the two of them, that they're not sitting there going, we could win this championship and close out our run, whatever happens next year, who knows what's going to happen next year, but we could close out our four-year run, winning the championship every year isn't in the back of those two oh, yeah. minds, you know, so they're, the, oh, yeah. now, You're fueling the fire in Diego Bernard and Trevor Hudgens, and what we're looking at right there is arguably the best backcourt in the history of D2 men's basketball with what they've done. You look at the stats, you look at the run, you look at the number, you could sure you could point to Joey Wittes, you could point to Ryan Hawkins. They have had key pieces, but they have been two of the most important of those pieces the whole time, and they have an opportunity I already think they may be in the conversation, but if they win this, they cement that the, this run is the greatest run in the, in the history of D two men's basketball uh, history. And they will be the, the centerpiece of it for all four of those big wins, you know? Um, but that brings us back to Nova and, you know, Nova Southeastern their last two games, they were tight. Right. And what we've seen in the elite eight before and in the tournament in general, but in the elite eight, when these high-power offenses, you look at West Liberty uh, last year, face off against Northwest Missouri State, they struggle. They struggle a lot because Northwest Missouri State attacks the press. They attack the zone. They, they attack everything very, very well. And they could break it, and they could force you to play their tempo. Um, and if Nova gets in that half-court battle with Northwest, that's when we'll see what they get taken away. But that being said, as we've seen Nova Southeastern – uh, win in ways that they're not necessarily used to. The last two nights, right, um, or last two games, I should say. They weren't back to back nights. Uh, the last two games in the in the South region, and and they prevailed. And they were they were nail biters both times. But like I said, here they are, thirty one and up. Um, so I think those are the two teams you're watching to to move on in the first round. Um, but let's not let's not shy away from everyone else. I think a really interesting matchup that we got to watch is IUP Indiana. And and Hillsdale, okay. IUP is kind of a tournament heavyweight, right? They're always in the tournament. They've been to the Elite Eight enough times. Hillsdale is the first ever Elite Eight game in the program, in the history of the program. So you have these two contrasting programs from that aspect. But on the same sense, you have two very good defenses and two D2 superstars in Armani Foster on IUP and Patrick Cartier on Hillsdale and you know this time of year they don't say they always say one guy doesn't win a game but this time of year is the time of year where one guy can win a game right it is that big play of your superstar player so to see these two you know Bevo Francis guys year in and year out their names are always on the list at the beginning of the season uh to see these guys in this first round matchup that that's going to be definitely interesting and then you know, Nova Southeastern. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Black Hill State has the unfortunate draw. They're making their first trip ever to go against the 31 and 0 team, but they have one of these guys and Joel Scott. We've talked about him before. He's a double double machine. Uh, I believe, if I if I read correctly, he set the program record for scoring in, in the victory to get here over Colorado Mesa. I mean, we're just talking about a D2 superstar, and and he's R.J. Sunahara is is. Uh, he makes it look very easy to play defense the way he does but he's gonna definitely have his hands full this time and if he gets taken out of the game Nova has the advantage of having that Seiku Silla guy there
1: uh, yeah, that, he, that, he's not he's not that good don't worry yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, it's just, you, you saw last night you know RJ's just so long but, yeah, but so and, you long. know I, I'm not gonna bash on any officials but I did get to watch a little bit of that game and. And I think that Nova's used to playing a little bit tough. Um, they've got the guys to to play some bully ball, but, you know, a couple quick, um, you know, questionable, maybe a little bit, a little bit of weak uh, touchy fouls and RJ then had to go to the bench. So um, they can't let that happen. I think that Nova, you know, they've got the pieces and they've got the talent. They've got to play smart. Yep. Um, and, yeah. you know, you and I were texting during that game last night, kind of, play by play commentary for for us (laughs) as that was a really great finish. Um, You know, but you said they got to be smart. They got to take good shots. And that's exactly right because they have the capabilities to knock down really tough shots, but they got to make sure they're good ones.
0: Mm -hmm. And defense is always tighten up this, you know, you get this far, you're playing your best defense of the year and and you, you you've seen so many different types of offenses that defenses are ready for anything that's thrown at you. Um, In Nova Southeastern's case and Northwest Missouri's case, their offenses are just so good that e- even at your best, you know, I saw it in 2019. We'll, we'll talk about Northwest Missouri state real quick. Mercyhurst played probably the most, the perfect defensive game and they took Northwest Missouri state to the wire 55 51, but Northwest Missouri state still won. Right. And, and that's the thing about North, you know, those type of teams this time of year, but um, at Bentley, you know, I watched, so I didn't get to see the first half. I want to, they, they have a very tough draw and a five seed. That's the Bearcats. But I didn't get to watch the first half when I turned it on yesterday, uh, the Bentley game against St. Thomas Aquinas. It was the second half. They had just come out of the second half and Bentley was down by four. It was 37-33. I didn't see anything of what, how they got there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was like poetry in motion. Bethany Bentley was moving the ball it was beautiful to watch the ball movement was perfect and all of a sudden they got aggressive on defense and they played it. they executed perfectly and in that first five minutes eight minutes whatever it was that I was watching all of a sudden they're up by 11 points you're talking about a 14 point swing and they, they executed perfect basketball you know and basketball is a game of runs St. Thomas Aquinas came back and 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 made it a game but you know they pulled away and uh, they, they are going to be a handful. Um, the way they move the ball, but Northwest is good at, at, at getting that, um, taking those that that out of your game and and disrupting that rhythm. That's what they've shown they're really good at. Um, and, and let's not forget about Augusta and, and Chico State. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. Chico State. Hasn't been here in a while, but they are kind of, you know, D2 Elite Eight veterans. They've been here, this is their third time in, what, six or seven years. That's that's a good ratio, is when, especially when you consider two of the seasons for the CCAA were canceled, right? So um, they, they've been here quite a few times. They had a lot of guys. So 2020 got canceled. They were a good team. And as I said, their conference never played last year. They had a lot of these graduate guys come back, stay committed to this program for this opportunity, and now they're here. So they're throw away the stats on this one, right? And that, you got a lot of extra motivation in this matchup, but then you got Augusta who could shoot the three and that's dangerous this time of year. And Tyshawn Crawford, who's dangerous all year. The guy just swats. He's tough in the middle. He's great defense. And uh, it, it's going to be a really, really good matchup. And, you know, like I said, just to go back to that IUP Hillsdale, it, it's going to be, uh, they're both stingy on defense and they have those two superstar players. So you know, we, we talked about the women's part of the bracket being deep. And it's kind of cliche. Again, I'm whipping out the cliche. Every team's good. But, of course, every team's good, right? It's the, it's the best eight teams in the nation is what we're looking at here. Um, but I think the matchups, the way the seeds were drawn, the matchups are really intriguing and really good, you know? So, so.
1: Um, we, we've got we've to gotta pick um, top four, final four, and then champion. So I'll go first because if anybody can't tell, Wayne is the expert here. I should have warned everybody before this podcast. Here's how it's going to go. You're going to hear a lot of Wayne and not so much of me unless it's about Northwest Missouri State and a little bit of Nova because You're
0: bringing bringing very important information. (laughs) I don't know about
1: that, but okay, (laughs) let me pull this up here. Um, Okay, I'm going to go You know what? I'm going to go Chico State over Augusta. My first upset the day um iup over hillsdale nova over black hills and of course the bearcats of bentley
0: i think i agree with you i'm just torn on this iup hillsdale game i really can't figure it out because if you break down their stats and you look at them they're very very similar and it's really right honestly they you know the the old coin flip i could take out a coin flip call heads and whoever heads is is that's my prediction but because you went with IUP I uh, and I agree with you on everything else. I think I'm just going to agree with you and we'll have this, we'll have the same, the final four teams be the same. Okay. Um, and then it, it, it comes down to what we think, oh uh, uh, man, that's where it gets tough, right? Who's going to be the champion? Because if, if we are correct, we have Nova and Northwest in the semifinals, who's going to move on and play for the championship.
1: Tough. That's. I wish, you know, I really wish there was a way Northwest was, a three or a six because. Right,
0: so they'd be on the other side, yeah, and we could see that.
1: But I'm going. I'm going to Northwest Missouri State. I'm sorry, I cannot. um Sorry, Nick Smith and Say Cucilla. Loved you guys. You're a great guest on the show. I hope guest. you're not listening to this, but I got to go Northwest Missouri. But if Nova won, I would not be surprised by any means, if that makes Absolutely sense.
0: Absolutely not. And I and I think I agree with you. And it, I think it just comes down to, you know, Coach Cr- Crutchfield on Nova Southeastern has his team, um, their Elite Eight experience now, right? They, they've been here before. They've done it before. They know how to win. Um, but it just goes back what Northwest Missouri state is doing, what they've shown they could do against even the highest octane of offenses in the past. Uh, you know, like it it, it, it seems the obvious pick to pick them. And I think that's what, what you got to do. So I'm with you on Northwest Missouri state. So who are they playing?
1: Yeah, they're going to be playing.
0: That's the tough part, right? They're playing Chico state. Let's do it. I'm good with that. And we'll then have we're going to gonna... what I pick. Yeah. Okay okay i'm gonna go iup <laughs> <laughs> but i do like chico state i think that's no, another I good do. matchup because I, like,
1: I like chico state because chico oh, state's
0: yeah. defense is, is gritty they're tough man they're tough so it's definitely a winnable game for both of those teams yeah um oh, uh God. but i i think that northwest missouri state just caps the greatest four-year run I think um, so. that we've ever seen you know and i count 2020 in there because they were the number one team uh I think they had one loss. I can't remember if they were under that 2020 is just a blur. I try to block <laughs> what happened
1: Um, uh,
0: but they were they were rolling um, no, as usual. I
1: can't, I can't remember if they were undefeated or not. I want to say they had I want to say they had a couple losses. So.
0: Yeah I think they did. Um, Let's
1: just look it up. You know what we're not going to leave our viewers wondering. Let's just like, <laughs> I, I
0: think know. they had at least one loss. We've been uh, rambling
1: for a while but I'm just gonna Yeah, they definitely have a. Real quick, I know exactly. Well, I know they won. I know they won the tournament because I worked that game. Um, No, yeah, it was actually over Southern that year.
0: Yeah, I remember. Southern
1: when they were really good under Jeff Boshi who, by the way, is Pittsburgh
0: State's
1: new head coach. Pretty crazy. Their rival, but yeah, um, that'll be interesting. So, okay, pulling up their schedule now. Thirty-one and five this year, and like you mentioned, that's like. (laughs) <laughs> everybody's like oh my gosh it's a failure of a year ben McCollum, what are you doing okay so 1920 31 and one only loss of the year central missouri actually and it oh, was wow. on december 7th so just kind of a, a weird loss but yeah then they rolled the rest of the year and won a national title well did, did not win a national title
0: right there wasn't no.
1: probably would have won a national title went to went to the uh Or won the United White
0: Championship. So we have Grand Valley State and Northwest Missouri State as your 2022 national champions, women's and men's, respectively. I'm down with that. But of course, as they say, that's why they play the game. So we got to watch out. (laughs) (laughs) So remember, uh, D2 sports fans, before we go, You'll catch. Remember, we have a nice week off coming up um, from basketball next week, and that's when we'll get a baseball thing in here. We'll get that, we'll get back to baseball or softball that week. But uh, yeah, you have the week off, um, and then um, and then Monday it goes game day, off day, game day, off day, game day. So it's a five day tournament for both men's and women's.
1: So women start Monday, right?
0: Monday, and then they're so Monday, off. To, and, Wednesday. And then, and Friday. Friday, and then the men are Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday.
1: Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, yeah. Confusing. And you can know.
0: stream all the games on NCAA.com uh, until the semifinals, which will be on CBS. I probably should have looked that up before we got on the show, but yeah, it's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Um, so you, yeah, you could. We'll we'll have you covered at NCAA.com. That there, you'll be able to stream the page. We have live updates coming at you it's going to be great coverage it's going to be a great two tournaments and bethany you know we're i know we're both excited to to watch and we'll be texting back and forth um that first day of of quarterfinal games is from 12 o'clock to 12 noon to 12 o'clock at night and it's just a lot of fun basketball to be played
1: yeah, we know who's gonna win, but we don't know where to watch. So just just trust <laughs> us. We're we're your go-to hub for, for all your info, but we don't we don't know what link you can watch the, the games at. But
0: <laughs> ncAA.com to watch the first the quarterfinals and then head over to CBS Sports. I I I'm I'm telling you that's what that's the deal. Okay. Um and then uh and then we'll crown a champion.
1: Cool. And we'll
0: see if we're right. If it's, Trust me, uh, as much as the expert you say, I am, I'm not right a lot. So we'll see how it plays out. But, all right. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us, D2 Nation. And don't forget, you can give us a follow on Twitter these days to make sure you keep up with our podcast. Or you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you want to catch a podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. We'll have some guests back for you next week and we'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.